0: It's Amy's Table, A Girl's Guide to Living, with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. Ina Garten is one of the country's most beloved culinary icons and the author of nine best-selling cookbooks. She's the host of the popular Barefoot Contessa Back to Basics show on Food Network, and in 2009, Ina was awarded the Emmy for Outstanding Lifestyle Culinary Host. She's joining me today on Amy's Table to talk about her latest book, Make It Ahead, A Barefoot Contessa Cookbook. Hi, Ina. I'm so excited to speak with you. I'm such a huge fan.
1: Thank you, Amy. Nice to talk to you, too.
0: Well, I'm wondering if you'd be willing to share, uh, before we jump into talking about the new book, a little bit about your career, how you got started, and the the steps it took to get you where you are now.
1: Uh, Well... When I was in my 20s, I was working in a group in the White House writing nuclear energy budgets, and I just thought, there's got to be something more fun than this. (laughs) It's a natural segue, don't you think? That's right. (laughs) And I saw an ad for a business for sale in the New York Times. And I thought, well, that sounded really interesting. It was a specialty food store, and it was called Barefoot Contessa. And, and I went home that night and said to my husband, Jeffrey, I have to do something more fun. And he said, Pick something you really like. Don't worry about whether you make money. Just pick something that would be fun. Because if it's fun, you'll be really good at it. And I said, funny you should mention it. And the two of us drove up to, um, it was then in West Hampton, and looked at the store, and I thought, this is exactly what I want to do. And I made her a very low offer, thinking, oh, you know, I'll go home, I'll think about it, I'll decide what to do. And went back to my office the next day, and she called and said, thank you very much, I accept your offer. And they went, I think I just bought a food store. (laughs) There might have been an expletive in there, too.
0: (laughs) Of course, of course. Wow. And then having the store, did you, you know, go after the Food Network and the cookbooks, or did that all sort of come to you?
1: I I ran the store for almost 20 years. And then after 20 years, I kind of hit a wall and decided I needed to do do something else. And so I, I sold the store to the employees and built myself an office upstairs. And I literally spent about a year doing nothing, which was just excruciatingly difficult. And, um. And then one day my husband said, You know, stay in the food business. You really like you like that area, but just do something different And I thought, Well, people have asked me to write a book but I I really didn't have any interest in it. But at least I'd have something to do. So I wrote a book proposal, sent it to a um a book editor that I knew and lo and behold he accepted it and I thought, Oh, I'll never be able to do this but at least I'll have something to do And that's how it started. And wow. then Food Network Several years later, came to me and said, would you like to do a show? And, of course, I said, absolutely not. And happily, they came after me for about two years. And finally, I agreed to do a pilot, thinking, well, that will be the end of that. And here I am. 12 or
0: 13. I know. And you know, you are so beloved. When I shared with people that I was having the chance to interview you today. First of all, everyone was so excited for me and excited to hear the interview. But you know, if I heard from one person, I heard from 50, the fact that they rely on you, they count on you, you're their go to for cooking. And I think it's so neat that this latest book The make it ahead, you looked at what your readers, listeners, viewers were saying there was their biggest problem.
1: All right, I love to solve problems, and I just thought, what a great, because of the specialty food store, when you have a specialty food store, you're making food, putting it out, people are taking it home, and serving it like that night or the next day, so I've always had in my mind how to make things like pound cakes, they actually get better the next day, so I, I was always conscious of how to make things so that they would not be good when we sold them, but they'd be good when you serve them, and so this make-ahead thing has always been with me, and when I realized that that's what people were asking me, I thought, well. I actually know the answer to that. So each of the recipes is something that's not only okay to make ahead, but it's actually better to make ahead. And each one has a different tip about how to store it, how to make it, how to finish it. My test was actually, um, because most things you actually make ahead, but there's something that you do at the end. Like if you're making cookies, you'll make the dough, you can refrigerate it, you can freeze it. But at at the last minute, You're baking the cookies off. I wanted to be sure that each last-minute instruction could fit on a Post-it note.
0: Oh, good
1: bake for three, at 350 degrees for 20 minutes, and then you have freshly baked cookies.
0: Exactly. That is good, that last step to be so easy. Well, I love that you even admit in the book that with your schedule, you don't have time to, to spend a whole day cooking for a dinner or a dinner party, and so staging it, doing it in steps, doing some make-ahead is so important. But don't you think that's the difference between people who think they don't like to cook and people that, you know, understand? You don't do it all right while your guests are there. That's what makes you frantic and crazy
1: well also it's i you know i'm I'm not a trained professional cook. I really taught myself and I've never worked in a restaurant i really the irony is I, th- I thought that would be a di- um, a di- disservice to writing cookbooks, but the irony is I find cooking really stressful. And I, I mean, I like it because it's challenging, but um, I think one of the things that I've learned is the more I can do ahead, the more, the less stressful it is because I can solve problems before they become a problem. You know, the onions you got, one of them is, you know, is... in the center isn't is rotten, right? And you have to go to the store and get another one. I have time to do it, right? So I'm not like holding my breath. How am I ever going to get this done? So I really relate to how people cook. If I'm stressed, and I've been in the food business for thirty years, I can imagine somebody who's you know working as a lawyer, and they come home and they like to put dinner on the table.
0: Exactly, and I think for women in particular, you know, we we wrap up a sense of ourselves with our ability to do that successfully. You know,
1: <laughs> it is true. That's that's very smart.
0: Well, all of your recipes are just. Just imbued with so much, not only flavor but also style, and you know we feel good making them too. And one of the people that you quote as your style icon was Lee Bailey, who I also uh-huh. agree, what an amazing man. But how would you, Did you sig- know him? Uh, no, Did but I've read his books. books, and and several of my chef friends talk about his food and wine pairing book being, you know, turning points in their career.
1: Oh, how lovely! Yeah, he, he was a genuinely lovely man. He was um, a real southern gentleman but he really understood that the simplest things have the most style. And that's a really kind of a a revelation for people because we all think that style is very complicated. But actually, if you can distill what's important... Um, and do it really well that's, that has the most style and I, what I talk about in the book is when I lived in Washington Jeffrey and I used to come to New York and he had a shop at Lee, um, called Lee Bailey at um, it was called Bailey Hubner actually at um, Bendel's and he had the first big white platters that I'd ever seen and I thought oh that's so interesting you can put like the lamb on the platter and the uh, tomatoes and the potatoes and, on one platter and it looks like a party instead of putting it in little bowls so I bought one of those platters and every time I went to New York, I'd buy another one. So I had a whole stack of white platters from Lee. But that was the simplest thing that showed the food best. So would that be
0: your suggestion as, you know, hostesses are getting ready to entertain? What are just a handful of style tips? Of course, simplicity is one, but that you would pass along that could help people, you know, infuse their entertaining with a bit more style.
1: Well, one of the things I always do, I definitely almost always use white pl- platters unless there's some reason that another color makes the food look better but white is really my go to and then when I'm doing a party I'll set up the buffet in advance with the platters on the buffet with a post-it note on each one what goes where because at the moment that everything's coming out you can't remember was that supposed to be for the potatoes or <laughs> do I have another platter from the, for the kale salad so I just have it all set up and then when it's time to serve I know where everything goes and it just takes a lot of the stress out of
0: well, I've got to tell you, take the stress out of your life by picking up a copy of Make It Ahead, Ina Garten's latest book. There, It's just filled with beautiful recipes, great tips, and Ina, I can't tell you how much I have enjoyed speaking with you today. I'm such a fan, and thanks for sharing your tips with us today.
1: Thanks so much, Amy. It was great to talk to you. Stick around for another helping from Amy's
0: Table on Q102. Q! It's Amy's Table with Amy Tolman,
1: yeah! Q102!